0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you know this? The puck comes right to
1: Patterson who tries a bank pass for Besser in with a shot. He scores!
0: moment's know. It'll to the line. Hughes, goes.
1: In Take you to the sun. first career NHL goal.
0: Quinn Hughes makes it one nothing. You're listening to Canucks Conversations. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't <laughs> cover the Canucks, yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes. And what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy
1: and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down.
0: Wow. We
1: should do a radio show together.
0: <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What our Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Pearl Is
1: cutting what shoots, scores.
0: Hello, Canucks fans, I welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order on ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. Go check them out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all that fun stuff. Go check them out. Zephyr Epic. They also have a retail location. I but-
1: drove by it the other day. Did I went. Uh, I went axe throwing the other night, and I, as I'm going down this industrial area, boom! I was like, I think Zephyr Epic's around here, and boom! Big sign popped right up in front of me. Zephyr Epic drove right by it. We'll get something to how on like 80th, I think, just off of 80th in we'll, Surrey.
0: We'll get to how your axe throwing went in a second, but the best part about Zephyr Epic, Chris, in my opinion, in our opinion, is that they ship free on any order over fifty dollars Canada wide from from their their hometown of Surrey.
1: British Columbia, all the way to Starbuck, Manitoba.
0: From Surrey to Starbucks, Zephyr Epic Ships Free on any order over fifty dollars. So go check them out. Zephyr Starbuck, not Starbucks. Starbuck. Where is Starbuck? Starbucks in Manitoba. Manitoba. Wow. Okay, well, Zephyr Epic Ships Free. Anywhere in Canada on any order of fifty dollars. If you've got needs with the trading cards, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, the Pokemon cards. The Yu-Gi-Oh's are hot, man. I keep seeing the Yu-Gi-Oh!'s are hot. Baseball cards. Basketball cards. Hockey cards are our favorite. Go check them out. ZephyrEpic.com. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word. CONVODD, that will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place. We needed a fan today for the first time since the summer, Chris Faber.
1: Yep, it's uh, what month? February? It's February. We got the fan already out in February here because I got the the sun is blaring on me right now. I can feel my neck getting tanned. We should probably close the blinds. Yeah, probably. Maybe with the halfway point. We'll see how I feel at this. There you go. Start my little uh, pre-summer tan in February. I think we'll be good. We might even be able to, for the first time in a long time, I don't have to, uh, like, we don't have to bend our schedule uh, for recording around my Sportsnet schedule on Friday. I got nothing on Friday. Nothing to do, so we can record whenever we want. We might get out and do a little golfing. I was just on, gonna say uh, on Friday. As long as the weather holds up, I haven't checked uh I haven't checked the weather. We'll check with your no no. He's he's loaded up oh, on the weather. He's
0: always ready he to could, go with the weather. He could
1: tell you if it's gonna be sunny in March by now. He yeah. could tell you whenever, whatever day you pick a day. Anyways, maybe Friday. It's rare that we don't have to bend around my five hour to six to sometimes eight hour sports net shift. So Friday wide open. We're doing lunch, we're doing golf, we're doing a show, it's gonna be good. I'm maybe very even excited. maybe even get harm out for that golfing. Oh, there you go. We'll have to yeah. see what happens. Friday's gonna be a good day. Today's a good day too. Every day is a good day when we get to do a podcast. So let's do that podcast, Chris. I well, I spoke on the axe throwing a little bit, and I I was going really hard throwing these big old axes, and I threw a lot. We we're there for like an hour, throwing axes, and I'm sore. I got like I guess the two spots where you would have your top abs, which I definitely don't have. The spots where you would have the top muscles of the abdomen is sore because I think it's just it's almost like a crunch when you're really throwing the axe hard with two hands over your head. You're you're it's like a crunch, right? So uh, yeah, familiar, or sit yeah. up as some people call it. So yeah, I'm a little it's weird. I've been a little sore getting in out of, like in and out of the car, getting out
0: of bed. I was like, oh,
1: got like, almost like a like a mini cramp almost. I got some sore abdomens,
0: sore abdomens. Yeah, that's wow. how I'm doing today. Wow. Okay.
1: And I made a turkey the other night, so I, I got saw that. leftover turkey, you crushed which that. I love. I got, uh, what do you think about this? I got Parmesan and oregano or something bagels. Parmesan. Parmesan. Oh, boy. I, that's how I have to say it to remember how to spell it. Anyways, I have those bagels at home, and I'm mm-hmm. going to make turkey bagels instead of turkey sandwiches. But it's going to be the same premise. Yeah. Yeah. Mayonnaise, touch a mustard.
0: You got to be careful though. If you fly too close to the sun, what are you, you talking about? here? Well, you might get sick of turkeys if you eat too much turkey because you got all this leftover turkey. If you make turkey sandwiches every day, you're gonna you're gonna fly too close to the sun and make yourself not like turkey sandwiches anymore.
1: The bird that we had was a sixteen dollar bird. Ooh. Oh no, <laughs> that was a quads voice crack. Anyways, 16, exactly sixteen dollar bird. So it wasn't a lot of meat on the bird there, okay. so uh, I don't have to worry about that too much. Okay, I think I, I got a, I got a good amount to have like where a good amount you, of sandwiches. Where did
0: you get a sixteen dollar turkey?
1: Uh, I don't know. We got uh, at Christmas. I bought a turkey and the girlfriend bought a turkey, so we've had a an extra turkey since like the start of December.
0: Wow, and it was just sitting in the freezer. Yeah,
1: and then we say, you know, it's a long weekend. Let's have a let's have a turkey dinner. So we had the whole fixings, everything.
0: I still have stuffing because air miles I' I'm, I don't know if I've really talked about this much on the podcast but I'm a big air miles guy you've said this on the patreon yeah. I think I have I collect those air miles and i'm a, I'm pretty competitive with my couponing I get the flyer I circle with my big Sharpie what I'm doing and then me and the grannies show up early Monday morning and we're the first ones to get uh, get all the deals so that's how I do it but one time they had turkey turkey stuffing yep two two for like 89 cents. And you also got 10 bonus miles. So I, I pounced on that opportunity. Two for 89 is a great deal. Oh, yeah. And I made one for Thanksgiving, obviously. Yeah, And now I have this other one sitting. Can you make tur- turkey stuffing at any time of year?
1: Oh, yeah. You can have it with like a chicken dinner, too. Like, it's that's fine. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like, there, I know it says on the box there's a turkey one and there's a chicken one. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. There's no difference between yeah, it. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think I'm going to get... I think that's exactly what I'll do. I'll get myself some chicken going and then... Stuffing, yeah, you can't go wrong. Isn't
1: that what you did with your turkey dinner? You just bought a, a rotisserie chicken. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you've done this before. This isn't anything. You don't. I don't know why can, you're asking the question. Well, I'm
0: asking, can you do it? At, can you do it at Thanksgiving? Like outside of Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Well,
1: I did it on Monday. You did on Family Day, and I said, th- I said, you know what? That, maybe this should be a tradition. I, there's nothing I'm attached not to Family Day that's like a. You know, there's not like a turkey like Thanksgiving. There's no presents like Christmas. No chocolate like Valentine's Day. There's yeah, nothing. just hanging with your stupid family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why would Like, I didn't even hang out with my family on family day. So I, I made a turkey <laughs> instead. I'm changing the whole day. I'm going to change that holiday. It's not going to be family day <laughs> turkey anymore. Turkey day. Second turkey day. Or oh first turkey gosh. day of the year, I guess. Yeah. But I... You know, you, you do these practice turkey dinners. This is my last thing. We'll get to hockey in a second. But I, I made the Pillsbury Crescents in the, in the oven. Oh, nice. But I forgot about them. I oh. So I turned the oven off, right? So I turned the oven off because I'm like, okay, I'm going to let them just kind of let the heat finish up because sometimes they're a little doughy on the inside. Mm-hmm. So they were perfectly like crisp or like the perfect golden brown, but they were rock hard because I forgot about them until like halfway through the dinner. I'll be honest. I made it through the whole dinner. And then I went to record a podcast <laughs> with uh, with Ryan and Arash on Pucks on Net. I did their show yesterday. And he's like, oh, how was dinner? I was like, good. And I was listing off the things. And I was like, and Pillsbury Crescent. Oh, God, I forgot him in the oven. <laughs> and I just ran like out of the podcast, went over to the oven. And yeah, they were too <laughs> hard to eat after that. So oh, that's, that's too bad, those things are excellent.
0: Yeah, I'm familiar. All right. We're nearing the 10-minute mark, which means it's time that we actually have to talk about hockey.
1: Let's do it. There's actually some, some good stuff. We've got a lot
0: to and talk clips. about. we and got clips today. we got clips. I like the clips that we've Producer been doing. Producer favor ready to go. Even though I technically sit in the producer's chair. You just make the all the show. errors, though. What? Yeah. No, I hit all the buttons. I make sure everything works. Somebody's
1: muted sometimes. Harm will go on a two-minute rant. He's muted the whole time. <laughs> we got to redo the
0: whole segment. I don't, that's only happened once. And it wasn't for a full two minutes, right. in my defense. So we have some clips here, but Vancouver Canucks picking up that win over the Seattle Kraken. Chris, this was a game where... The Canucks didn't look exceptional. They didn't look like the score would suggest, right? Like, really? No, they really didn't look like they were in the driver's seat the whole time in that game. I thought they were. No, they de- no,
1: no chance. I thought that was one of their best, like, five-on-five games they've played. No. Really?
0: No, they didn't play as well as you think. There, you, there were still why? a lot of what? mistakes. There were still a lot of mistakes. They weren't hard on the forecheck. It they were good.
1: driving offense, I think, better than I've seen them do maybe all year.
0: No, that was that was not their best game of the year.
1: I think at of getting offense going, I think they were excellent at getting scoring chances.
0: The shots were from distance. A lot of their shots didn't come in... From good scoring I think opportunities, that they
1: they could have had more goals if they would have crashed the goaltender better. Because I think what they did, which was nice, was create rebounds. A lot of the shots from distance were different shots from distance. They were the ones sure. that like, create rebounds, but it doesn't they could mean have anything.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything when you don't go to the net, and that's what. But the, they did go to the net, yeah. But a lot amount. a lot of players didn't, and that's that's what the big problem with this team that we're seeing right now is a lot of guys looking like they're just checked out again. And again, Bo Horvat talked about how it's starting to. The bad habits are creeping back in from the start of the year. They're starting to creep back in for a lot of guys. And, man, like, I know he scored a goal, but Bo didn't look great in that game, and he didn't look great in the ones before that either. I, I've i watched this team, and I, I know the game against Anaheim is the one that's going to get all the scrutiny. I didn't think they played that much better against Seattle. I think they were just playing a much worse team. Like, they didn't play great in the first period of that game. They scored a goal 11 seconds in. Kudos to Tyler Mott. But they, they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal after that. They didn't play a great, complete game. And that's that's the biggest thing with this team, Chris, is I don't think we've seen, especially recently, them have a full 60-minute effort. Yeah. Like them finish a game and not have a moment where they just completely take their foot off the gas pedal. We haven't seen that this year. And again, I, I'm not ready to wave the banner around and say, oh, yeah, like, great, they beat Seattle. I. Like it was a, they played a poor team that did not play very well. You know, Seattle has a back to back. They're playing the Islanders tonight, but they didn't play a very complete game. They didn't play super well. And again, like that's why you didn't hear post game. You didn't hear the players say like, yeah, that's exactly how we got to play. Like they won, they won the game, but they didn't play exceptionally well.
1: I thought there was a decent amount of effort in that game. I thought they played a pretty good second and third period. Like, At actually creating offense, it's specifically that, like, I know we'll touch on it in a minute, but, like, the Mott-Lamico-Hymar line was excellent again. How many penalties...
0: Sorry to cut you off. How many many penalties did they take in the third? I believe it was three in the last 10 minutes. Okay. That's not a team... That's not something you do when you're a team that's ready to close out a game and ready to win a game. Again, that game against San Jose comes to mind, right? Like, San Jose isn't a great team. They're not as bad as Seattle, but... That game against San Jose comes to mind where they just let a team back in and they hope that Thatcher Demko is going to bail them out. And he didn't in that game against San Jose. He did against Seattle. And again, I know Seattle didn't get crazy opportunities when they had the man advantage and everything. Thatcher Demko was good in that game against Seattle.
1: Not great. He was good. He didn't but, have to be good though cuz I thought they actually played pretty good defense of like a lot of the time the puck was in the Seattle zone. Like a yes, huge amount absolutely.
0: of Absolutely, but w- the Canucks still gave up odd man rushes. They still gave up prime opportunities when the puck was in their end. Like Thatcher Demko did have to be good in that game. He did make some five alarm saves as he typically has to. But like I'm not ready to say that this game against Seattle if they play that way against 31 or 30 other teams in the league that they're going to find a similar result. I'm not ready to say that at all. That was not a complete effort. That was not a game that you can hang your hat on. And I don't think anybody in that locker room would tell you that. I I wouldn't call it a statement
1: game, but it was the type of way that you want to see a team play against a team like Seattle. Like when you know that you're better than a team, you want to be able to get 40 shots on net and create a lot of rebounds and get the puck towards the goaltender. who you You know, Seattle's goaltending has just been brutal all year long. Uh, that's what i think when i think of playing against a weaker team like that you'd like to see them just look like it was never you know i guess the first period you could like you could say that maybe you know seattle looked like the better team in the first period after the first goal i didn't think they played a good first period at all no but Second period, you saw the pushback that you'd like to see against that team. Absolutely. But I do get what you're saying. Like I, You said it. I wouldn't hang my hat on that being the the effort you want every single night, but I thought it was a good game, and I thought they played good against a team that was worse than them. And when you play against teams that are worse than you, you can go out and have that type of effort and
0: still win. And and win handedly, a 5-2 victory. I'm going to try to stop cutting you off. Also, one of those was an empty netter. Keep that in mind. Still counts. All I'm saying is that you're right. They scored a goal early. Took their foot off the gas. That's not a good first period. Played played fine in the second period. Good even in the second period. Again, they started the second with a penalty. Keep that in mind. But then in the third period, foot off the gas pedal, open the door for them to come back. If that's a better team they're playing against, they find a way to lose that game. They find a way to at least go to overtime. Exactly what they did in San Jose. That's not a game, and I know you agree with me, that it's not one you can hang your hat on. I'm not ready to even call that like a good victory. That was a win. That is what that was. It was a must-win game. Bruce Boudreaux did everything except flat-out say that in the pregame media availability. That was a must-win game for this team. They won it, but they cannot do that effort again in their next game against Calgary, who, by the way, has won 10 straight, and say, oh, we're going to get a similar result. They're going to get blown out if they play the way they did in Seattle. If they do that against Calgary, they're going to get blown out. It's
1: a good organization there, Calgary has. It's going to be a, a big win streak coming into this one. with 10 in a row now.
0: Everybody thinks you're getting hired by Calgary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Our just, guy. A, just explaining the joke for yeah. uh, those that didn't get it. No, but yeah, mean,
1: yeah. I mean, Calgary's going to come in and put a real good test. This this is the, the Black Skate game, right? Thursday the Black is. Skate yep. game. So black History
0: Month game as well. They're going to come out in those jerseys that were... Uh, oh, dude, those yeah.
1: jerseys. Did we talk about this already on the we show? We haven't. We have not. Did we not with Harm? Nope. Last Friday? Man. Dude, I've got people texting me that like aren't even like huge Canucks fans they just happen to you know follow them on Instagram or you know they're not online so much like mm-hmm. a lot of people on Twitter are a lot of people are like my friend especially for my friends from the island are texting me like yo whenever those shirts or jerseys come available like let me know because I need to buy them like that look is so man the, like I'm not going to get one of the jerseys they're going to end up being what like eight hundred dollars four hundred dollars minimum mm-hmm. but like that is this is the first time in a while where I've wanted to like get the shirt or the hoodie or the toque or something. It just, it looks so good, but the Jersey looks so good. Like the stick and rink with the colors. Oh my God. Like it, that is the, this is the best looking like ceremony Jersey. Is that what you would call it? Mm-hmm. Like this is the best looking pregame ceremony Jersey I've seen in, in a long time. This thing looks good, dude. Yeah.
0: I, I like it. And then
1: they roll from that into the black skate Jersey. Oh, I know. like they, do, I know man bet the house on Thursday. <laughs> Look good, snapping, play good. Snapping
0: the ten-game win streak. You know the Canucks do have a history of beating teams that are streaking, and then teams that are just like losing. And they're it's a it's an easy game for the Canucks to win. They just don't win. But just just to kind of close up the conversation. And yes, that is a nice jersey. I fully agree with you. But oh, it looks so good. Just to close up the conversation a bit on this Seattle game, the Canucks still look like a team to me that aren't committed that aren't committed to putting in a full effort. And I think that's the biggest problem. And I think that's the biggest indication. Like, I don't think last night, because I think Anaheim served as a big opportunity for Canucks ownership, or not so much ownership, but for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin in particular, to look at this team and say, okay, this isn't a team that we're going to try and, you know, gear up for a playoff push with. And I'm not saying that means they're going to be buyers, but maybe they'd be more timid sellers. And again, they've even talked about, both of these guys have talked about how, yeah, when a team wins the way you do, you don't want to just trade everybody. Like you, you want to reward a team that's winning a bunch, right? right? But I think that game against Anaheim and even that game against Seattle showed that changes need to happen. Like it's that game against Seattle isn't a game where Canucks, uh, the Canucks front office goes, "Oh, this is oh, this is perfect. Like our team's great. We don't need to make any changes." Like no, I think that game actually highlighted a lot of their issues. I think
1: yeah, I think they're on the opposite side of what like. What you just said, like they're they're not at the point of like, oh, we get with maybe we should think about playoffs here. I think they're at the point of just waiting for like that one specific loss. Like they're giving them a chance right now because there is still a chance to get into the playoffs. But they're waiting for that time when you see. Basically I basically like three losses in a row like ruins the season for the I,
0: I don't even think it. I don't even think it's at that point. I think it's at. I think Anaheim was the big Kickstarter. Like mm-hmm. losing that game and just an absolute lifeless attempt for the first what period and a half. It's almost like when Rutherford took over. Like they had
1: like a, an amount of lives. Like you're playing Mario. Like you yeah. have like nine yeah, yeah. lives. Like show me, cat. show me what you're made of. And I think at this point, this is what I'm saying. Like I think they're at the. It's like two lives left. Maybe one life left at this point.
0: Exactly. And that's what I was gonna say. Because you just said three, I don't think it's three. I think it's, I think it's if, if they lose this game against Calgary, I think you give them that because Calgary's winning right. one ten straight. But if it goes far beyond that, or even another game after that, that's it. Yeah, like, and
1: without a winning streak, it basically is like that's not, like two or it, three losses in a row is is the end.
0: And that's not even us being negative. That's no. just us being realistic.
1: And I think it could be positive if they end up doing things the right way here. To yeah, play. like the deadline's a month away. You can't wait for the next. Totally like you can't wait for them to go on another 12 four and one stretch over this time because literally you don't have time like you don't have time if you're actually going to make decisions before the deadline. Unfortunately, they haven't played well like they've played really good. They've won a lot of games. They've been in a rate where they could make the playoffs. This is how they played with Boudreau all season long, but they didn't have Boudreau all season long. Yeah, they had a bad record in the first 25 games. So this record over the past 26 isn't now like it doesn't matter as much because unfortunately they had to be unreal they had to be playing at a ridiculous rate and the past few weeks here just hasn't been at the rate like it started with Boudreaux so yeah I, they just they've run out of time unfortunately like to, to steal a line from Jim Benning they they have at the point where they just need to win out like they like I said they can't look for like a 12 four and one record they now have to go like seven and oh and just do that. If you want to talk about the playoffs, they just they basically have to do like a, a seven or eight game win streak over and before the trade deadline here. That's what they need to talk about playoffs seriously. You know what we should talk about? You whole Lamico, baby.
0: What are we calling Hold that one? On.
1: Before uh, the jersey, uh, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had to pull up the artist's name uh, who made it, who is uh, the clothing brand Sleepless Minds. Uh, and Jason Bempong is the guy who made uh, the jersey. So just want to give him a
0: shot. That uh I just tell you, man, that is that's a nice jersey. I love the jersey. Yeah. Okay, we need to talk about Yuho Lamico's line. Yuho Lamico looking like Wayne Gretzky out there. Yeah, yeah. Number ninety nine, Yuho Lamico Playing exceptionally well in these past few games. So is Lewis Patterson. We'll talk about him. We've got some clips about that. But first, the Motley crew line, I think that's what they've been dubbed. I think Wyatt gets to pick what they're called.
1: Here's what I think. And this is how I think it's gonna go down. There's not there's not a good nickname out there. I haven't seen one where I've been like, that's the one. I haven't seen one nickname. It's gonna be up to to Boudreaux. Somebody's gonna have to ask Boudreaux. Or like he's gonna mention something about that line, and that's gonna be what it is. Because no one has thought of a good one yet. I'm sorry. I literally I was at six fifty today in the text line. That was like one of the questions, and we had probably fifty people texting in. Not one of them was good enough to be like an actual line thing. You know what I call
0: it? What's that? Bruce Boudreaux's favorite line. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> probably
1: not, well, that's not even a nickname.
0: That's true. It's just the truth. It is Bruce Boudreaux's favorite line. That line has been playing exceptionally well at five on five, and Boudreaux Can said, I run about you something, line, too?
1: Listen, yeah, they're great at five on five. You know what they're so good at? When the Canucks are trailing. Have you seen the numbers of that line when yeah, they're trailing? Yeah. 80% control of the shot share, which is ridiculous. 80% of the shots that are happening when they're trailing and on the ice are going to that line and going to the Vancouver Canucks. And on top of that, they've scored five goals and allowed zero against when they're trailing. This is like, this is like the comeback line. Like this is the line that you're putting out there when you're down by one and need a goal, which is so wild (laughs) that like, this is the line that, that, you know, I I think of it. Like, I think one of the names that I haven't hated was like the, uh, it was like the Jim Benning trade tree. Like to see, you know, that it was Jim Benning's trades that have made this fourth line come together, all of trades that nobody was excited for. You moved on from Adam Goddett, who looked like he had offensive potential, and now you have Highmore. You moved on from U- from Levy, who you know, was a fifth overall pick, and not like anyone was really expecting a lot from Lamico. Heck, I mean, Juleson was the guy that people were kind of excited about in that trade. <laughs> And then you look at the last guy in Tyler Mott who was moved for Thomas Vanek. Tommy Gunn, I would have liked him to finish out the season almost. He was a lot of fun with those breakaway slap shots. But it seems like all these Jim Benning trades, maybe these people saying Jim Benning was playing 5D chess. Maybe they're on to something, quads.
0: Yeah, it only took him eight years and a fifth (laughs) overall pick to throw together a bottom six line line. (laughs) that doesn't cost like $8 million. Thank you, Jim. Wait, we have a button for that. Yeah, we do. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Absolutely. Never forget to always keep it. Very tongue-in-cheek, by the way, with my answer there. Yeah, I can so, tell.
1: Not, let's not name this the, uh, the trade line. The 5D chess. Yeah. Jim Benning's 5D chess, fourth line. Um, we've got, the got some clips. Of the episode. Yeah, we've got well, some let's, clips here. Look, before got, we get to Pedersen. Sure. We got a little time here before the commercial break? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Bo Horvat. Because now all of a sudden, listen, I get my email from Rogers every week. And this week, they want us to talk about Trading Bo Horvat because that's what I saw a little the bit online. Orders. All the text. And you know what? Some people are thinking like, oh, it's ridiculous. Why would you even talk about that? You should see the text lines coming. In. You saw it on Saturday. How many people texted into our show on Saturday?
0: Yeah, saying, and, why aren't you talking about Trading Horvat?
1: Yeah, and we're like, we did. We talked about it in the first segment because somebody brought it up. And then everybody now is texting in. It's the most common text that you're seeing. If you put them all into different folders on what the texts are about... Right now, the text line, the fan base is the pulse of the fan base.
0: They're asking about trading Horvat. I gotta say, just to answer the question of why aren't you guys talking about trading Horvat? Like we don't just pull names out of a hat usually and say they should trade this guy, especially when we know it's somebody that the organization right now views as untouchable. Like yeah. he's the captain of this team. They're not going to trade him if you right ask now. The top four untouchables. Exactly. He's number four exactly and that's why that's why we don't talk about trading Liz Patterson. that's why we don't talk about trading Quinn Hughes that's why we don't talk about trading Thatcher Demko like sure maybe once in a while we could throw out an idea like that but the reason that all of the and people are like stop talking about Miller getting traded stop talking about Mott stop talking about Garland these are the guys that the Canucks are not shopping but these are the guys that teams are calling about and the yep. Canucks are taking calls on and they're listening to these are the guys that are most likely to get traded so of course we're going to talk about them i don't and-
1: understand the people that want to trade bo horvat either like I, I i'm with you in the camp of i don't think they're trading their captain even with a new management regime and like all the situations to set itself up for a captain to like be okay to free themselves of an organization i don't think they want to trade horvat at all and i don't think they should either this guy was the best player on the team when they went on that playoff run. Do we not forget that Bo Horvat had ten goals in seventeen games in that playoff run? And like single-handedly, how much should we talk about on the last show about guys being MVP and single-handedly winning games? Was Bo Horvat the playoff MVP? Like I mean, you know, if you look huh. at the stat line, Demko was great, Markstrom yeah. was also excellent, but as a like for players, skaters, yeah, ten goals in 17 games horvat had a couple of multiple uh, goal games for him. Mm-hmm. He was excellent. And also 59% in the faceoff dot in the playoffs that year. Against some really good you know matchups in the faceoff dot as he went head to head against Ryan O'Reilly, won that matchup. Like man, I don't know. A Bo Horvat's not the guy that I would want to move on from and maybe his stat line and people are, are mad that he's not, you know, a 60 point guy and that's not what he's all about. He doesn't score at a second line rate, but look at what he does in playoff situations and big situate. Like look at his like in the OHL, even like when he was in big moments, he, he was the guy scoring the goals. It wasn't like, you know, when he was playing with all these skilled players there with the London Knights, it was Bo Horvat that was like leading that team in playoff moments and scoring in big goals. And like, I don't know, they haven't we haven't been able to see enough of Bo Horvat in the playoffs to think that he's the guy that you want to move on from. Like at the start of the year, how many people were talking about Bo Horvat being just on the outside of Team Canada? You know how hard that is to be a, a center and make Team Canada? And he was on the outside looking in. I know that he's not like a one C, but man, I I have all the time in the world for Bo Horvat to be your second line center on listen, on any team. And I'll like I know that's some people are like, oh, but look, this team has, you know, they have Malkin and Sidney Crosby. He's not going to be a 2C there. Yeah, he would. They would they would move around something in that group. They would move Malkin to the wing or something to play with Bo Horvat at center because he's that good of like a pure center. And I think there are, there are aspects of his game that aren't like the best in the league. He's not the best defensive guy, but I just think Bo Horvat is going to give you everything on shifts. I know he's had a bad couple of weeks and everyone wants to trade him now because he hasn't been scoring, but it's I know I don't know hockey's a streaky sport I, I'm not in any camp even close to any camp of moving Bo Horvat and he's on a good he's gonna be on another good contract he's not getting over seven million dollars on his next contract
0: yeah and he's the kind of guy that would take a hometown discount to stay in Vancouver exactly right? like people are like oh maybe JT Miller will take a hometown discount it's like are you out to lunch or what like I, mean, are- I don't even I don't
1: <laughs> even know if JT Miller's taken an overpriced contract to stay in Vancouver yeah, he's got free agency ahead of him, dude. Yep. He's going to be looking at that free agency as a point per game player who can play with anyone up and down a lineup. He can say that to every, you know, any team that's going at him in free agency. He's like, "Listen, look at how many different line mates I had in Vancouver and I still scored at this rate." Like JT Miller's going to just cash in. There's there's a world where JT Miller hits 10 million dollars a year in free
0: agency. I don't want to live in that world. If I'm the team, if signing Buffalo out. gets involved, they're giving them ten million a year. You might be right. Actually, we'll cut to break. On the other side, we've got a lot to talk about. We still haven't talked about Elias Pettersson much. We'll talk we about got that. Clips. We got clips. We're gonna talk about Jason Dickinson, and we're gonna close out today with a little thing on Dan Hamhuis. Speaking of guys with no movement clauses and the trade deadline, we're gonna talk about Dan. And you got a prospects report, eh? You and I've got and... a prospects report. So keep it locked, keep it loaded on Canucks conversation. And before we go
1: any further into the episode, want to give a shout-out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 Beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now, we want to give a quick shout-out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Pink Can. Something good about those cans there, Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores
0: across BC and Alberta. And a massive thank you to our sponsor, Parallel 49 Brewing Company. We've got a sponsor coming on very shortly. Poll questions coming again. We're very excited. If you want to advertise with us, folks, shoot us a message at Canucks Convo, or both of us have our Twitter accounts open. Uh, The DMs are open, so go shoot us a message there. The the DMs on Canucks Convo, they got to be open too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I never check. I went through the Canucks Army DMs uh, recently. And? Absolute tire fire. Mm. Yeah. Worse than the
1: comments? No. Somebody asked that the other day. What's worse, the Canucks Army comments or the 650 inbox? And it is by far neither. It's the Facebook comments on the Canucks Army account are ridiculous. Those are the bad ones. Trade Demko, he sucks. Yeah. Those are some hot takes from the Sunglass Uncles. Oh, yeah. The Sunglass Uncles are rolling.
0: Anyways. (laughs) What do
1: you want to talk about here?
0: Elias Peterson. Elias Petterson is back, folks. That is what you're hearing. We heard it earlier, and remember, I said, and you said this too, Chris, but we kind of warned people not to be too quick to say Elias Peterson's back. I think it's safe to say now. I think it's safe to say that he's back. I couple this with the fact that he's got 17 points in his last fifteen. I think it's ten points in his last five games. And remember, through the first thirty-seven games of the season, he had 17 points. So he's matched that point total in the past 15 games. Couple that with just how confident he looks away from the puck and with the puck on his stick, along with him saying post-game yesterday that he still had his wrist taped up, which we found interesting because he told you specifically that he was 100% healed
1: at the start of the season. Yeah, and then on top of what you just said there, also not playing with the same line mates throughout those 15 games. Like, there's a lot of things that, that are holding Pedersen back still. And I mean, like, once he finds that groove, which I think he's getting very close to, you know, being over a point per game is a great little spot to be in. But I just, there's not, it's not like, to me, it's not the step that maybe people were hoping for yet either. I don't think we're at that point yet. Yeah. If he's not better than he was before he yes, he hurt right. his wrist last year. You're right. That's what you want to see. Yeah, you want to see, see that. Once you see the progression of what he was doing before he got injured last year, I think that's that's when I'm going to be excited. But you want to run the clip uh, about Pedersen talking about finally feeling healthy and kind of uh, maybe getting in trouble a little bit talking about that wrist.
0: Um, it definitely played a part of it. Um, coming into the season, it was it was a little weird. I still uh, I still had my wrist taped. Uh, oh, I feel like that's going to cause a lot of headlines, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I played 26 games last year. I missed, didn't play a game for, I don't know, eight months or something. So, definitely was a slow start for me. Um, So, I mean, it took me way longer than I wanted it this season. But I feel now, in the last couple of weeks, I've played like myself again.
1: And he has, right? You know, like he has. There's been a lot of things where he's been playing like himself. But, like I said, I think there's still room for him to grow, obviously. Like, you want to see him. Not just get to the plateau that he's hit in his career, but I think at the age that he's at and what you expect from him, you like to see him continue to grow. So I'm excited for him to burst through that ceiling that he's set for himself so far and see what that Pedersen is like. Because yeah. right now he's he's getting close to that that plateau that he's hit in the past and he's over a point per game in the last 15. That's great, but he's done that before in his career. I, I want to see what he can do to the next level, see what the next step up for Pedersen is. I want
0: him to get there. Exactly, and that's what that's what you should be wanting, right? He set lofty expectations for himself, but that's what you want to see from your franchise number one center, which is what this club hopes that they have in him. Yeah, You want to do uh, the Boudreaux clip now? Hear what Boudreaux had to Absolutely. say about uh,
1: about Patterson never complaining.
0: No, because I just took
1: over in December. I mean, and he was struggling. I think it is his confidence was really. Really low when I took over, and and he's never complained on putting him on different lines. He'd like to play twenty five minutes a night, but I mean sometimes it doesn't work uh, out. But I mean as long as he continues to do what he does and make great plays and and uh, gets his shot away, I mean uh, I'll be pretty happy. That's what I find interesting is like so when he's playing with Niels Huglander and he's playing with Vasiliy there's there's so much potential there. I love the potential there, but. Those guys aren't going to play 20 minutes a game. How do you aside from power play one get Pedersen up to 21 minutes a game? Cuz that's where I think you want to see him, right? You want to see him at like 21 minutes a game. He's not going to get the matchups and probably even play as many minutes as like JT Miller or even potentially Bo Horvat, but he he still is your best scorer when he's on. Like when he is when when all the Canucks are playing at 100% of their potential, I do still think that Elias Pedersen's the best. Like, I think he's better than Quinn Hughes. When they're both playing at 100%, Pedersen, I think, is the better player. It's just with Quinn Hughes, you get so many games where Pedersen, where Hughes is playing at like
0: 98%. You know, yeah,
1: like he's always at like 90 to 95% of he's what his steady. potential is. He's he's, he's he's steadily unreal and like good all the time. Hughes is always good. With Pedersen, it's just like you get some games where it's like there's only about 60% of what we can see from him. This one's only about 80%. This one's down to 50 again. And it's like, man. It be it's going to be incredible to see when he figures out what he can do to be able to be as consistent as what Quinn Hughes does. Like it, you don't have to be 100 percent every game, but like Quinn Hughes does so well. If if Pedersen can find like that sweet spot where he's playing 80 to 95 percent of a, of his potential every game, like that's when you're gonna. That's when the conversation comes back of can this guy be a guy who's in the conversation for the heart every year? Can he lead the league in points one year? that that's fallen off in the past, you know, however many months now, I guess it's close to about 12 months now since the injury even happened. So yeah, he's taking steps in the right direction, but I think there's still quite a few more steps to take for Pedersen. Like I'm still not, I'm not in the camp of being like, he's back, man, he's back. This is Petey, 10 goals in 10 games. Like he did in his first in the NHL, when he bursts on a scene, like, no, he's, he's taking steps in the right direction. It's really exciting to see, but mm-hmm. Not quite there yet.
0: Yeah, and I think the reluctance to say he's back that you're showing is what I showed earlier in the year, not in this episode. In this episode, I think I yelled, "He's back!" into the mic. So he's back, but you think he's back? Yeah. I think he's back. I think he's. I think he's very. You think we see the lotto line anytime
1: soon? Like what? When does when does Pedersen get to play with like the best two wingers? When Brock Besser starts playing better. Brock Besser. But that's what you say. Maybe they, maybe that's what's going to happen because he's not playing great. It's time to go back to Pedersen.
0: Yeah, because now you're looking at Pedersen as somebody who can actually, you know, make his line mates better, yeah. right? He's and not interesting
1: a, how Boudreaux said it the other day, like he likes playing Pedersen because like his best friends
0: off the ice are Pod Colson and Huglander. He was asked about that. Pedersen was asked about that. Yeah. And he flat out said, he's like, Huglander's the guy I spend the most time away from the rink with now. Like he said, now. some. Oh, are we getting some, are we unveiling some drama in the locker room? No, I literally pretty think, close I now. literally think it just comes down to Brock Besser has a girlfriend and he's a little bit busier now. Oh, are you reporting this? What, that Brock Bester has a girlfriend? Yeah, I didn't know this. I think it's pretty common knowledge oh, that wow. Brock has a girlfriend. Interesting. So there's a little
1: bit of... Uh, this sounds like some of these... I've been watching this Euphoria show. This is some teenage drama <laughs> in the Canucks locker room.
0: I don't think there's any drama at all. I literally think it's just that Niels Hoglander is another single Swedish guy mm-hmm. that pl- that works at the same
1: place as Pettersson. But I find it interesting that Pod Colson <laughs> is a married man and he still has enough time to hang out with Patterson, but Brock Bester on not as, on much, the as, other-
0: Hoaglander. Not as mm, much as Hoglander, not as much as Hoglander.
1: But Bruce said, "Now, jeez, now it's a then, uh- game of telephone here." <laughs> Bruce, does Brock Bester have a girlfriend? <laughs> have you met her? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been in person with Bruce Buitro. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to show him. He's like, Who's this big guy asking about <laughs> all the relationships on the team? <laughs>
0: Bruce, what WWE storyline can you equate the locker room drama to right now?
1: Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> no locker room drama, as far as we know. We're not we're out here reporting <laughs> anything insane. I think I literally am just assuming that Brock Besser has a little bit less time on his hands than he did in their rookie years. And it's turning into what's happening on the ice <laughs> with a slump here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ridiculous Drama. you're turning us you're turning us into the tmz of because i media. said i
1: got hooked on this euphoria show here have you seen this
0: euphoria no, you watch euphoria yep really
1: well i've only seen every second episode so i don't really know what's <laughs> going on but i i think i've seen the last two and i'll <laughs> see the final show? i've missed like t- two or three episodes of the seven but
0: we've gone so off the rails you know what though i must say i'm pretty sure i learned that brock Besser's is a girlfriend from listening to the broadcast. <laughs>
1: Mm, Interesting.
0: So there you go. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to hockey here. Jason Dickinson. There was an article today on (laughs) CanucksArmy.com. written by Lachlan Irvin about Jason Dickinson and his struggles. And folks, it has been bad. I know the eye test may suggest at times that Dickinson is playing okay on his own end of the ice. Our very own Harmon Dial gave the comparison to 2019-20 Louis Erickson where he's just skating out there and you know he's not going to make any defensive mistakes and you know he's going to play decently well in the defensive end of the ice and just not be able to create much offense. Folks, it's been worse than that. You go read that article by Lachlan Irvin up now on CanucksArmy.com. There's a graph in there that really shows you just how bad Dickinson has been at both ends of the ice. Like, it's been all bad for Jason Dickinson this season. And again, last year, did not create a lot of offense as a member of the Dallas Stars, but was exceptional in his own end on the defensive end of the ice. And that's what the Canucks thought they were getting with the potential to be a little better offensively. Has not been that this year. Has been atrocious in the face-off dot. Has been taken off of the third-line center role at multiple times it can count how many times he started well he's going. not even anymore like that
1: fourth line has become exactly. the third line he's he's a fourth line well he got a chance to play with Horvat the other day and wow did he look out of place
0: oh my gosh it, it's so bad because he's such a nice guy we were talking about this in the
1: press oh. box the other day he's so nice you know what and he's also like he knows that like I remember the last time we were in person talking to him he was his quote was like I have been atrocious yeah. in the face off like he knows that he's not Performance. Yeah, he doesn't he's try, to, aware he doesn't try to put
0: lipstick on a pig and no. say like, no, I think I've been doing this, this and this well. Like, no, he knows it's been a, and he hasn't said it's been a bad fit, but he knows he's not playing well. And this isn't a bad hockey player, folks. Like he's he's playing bad right he now. He was
1: on a shutdown line as a winger. He was on the shutdown line that went to the Stanley Cup final. Exactly. He was on the line playing in a shutdown role. I don't know. I just. He's that's was slouch. I think that there's still value if you're if another team's looking for that type of player. He's not a player who's played himself out of being known that around the league yet. Yeah, but he's sure not helping himself either.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is like you just kind of look at it and it increasingly you think there's a chance looks for him like to bounce a,
1: back, or is this like the thing where you just what what happened to Louis Erickson, where he just fell into a pit and could never get out? Like, is there a chance well, for Dick? I actually to get wasn't
0: going to compare it to the Erickson situation. I was going to compare it to Braden Holpe and Nate Schmidt. Where you play one season with the team and you just ask for a trade at the end of the mm. year. And sorry, I should clarify, Holtby never asked for a trade. Right. Uh, so He didn't get one either. He got bought out. Exactly. So I should clarify. I should be more careful with my words there. But uh, Jason it's so looking to me like that's the most likely scenario. Is It's just it does not work out in Vancouver for <laughs> this fight. It's funny because it could be the exact same thing
1: as like another third. What, they traded a third to get him? Yeah, traded the third to get Nate Schmidt. They we're got not a third, back. a third
0: for Jason Dickinson. Right now, you don't now. think so? No way. A team's giving up a third round pick for Dickinson in his current state. No chance. Mm. Like state, the Canucks traded a third though. when they thought he was going to be a third line center for them, like an everyday third. What line did they center. trade for Nate Schmidt though when they got him? Like was Nate a third Schmidt, round pick?
1: Was he was he always? Well, I guess he was always. Well, still they a thought top they were four. getting
0: a two three defenseman, right? And then he played like a three four in that yeah. season and. There was a a hope from Tell Winnipeg that he would bounce back. Call up Winnipeg, swap him for Nate Schmidt, bring him back, <laughs>
1: get him playing under the Boudreaux. Yeah, system. you know
0: what? He would do better under Boudreaux oh. than he did under Travis.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Now I just think I've been, I've been watching this other show, Love Is Blind, and oh now gosh. this guy—I forget his name. He looks like Nate Schmidt too. Anybody else who's listening to this, they know. Now that I can't now I see Nate Schmidt's face in my in my mind here. Looks like this guy off uh, Love Is Blind. I don't. I'm not good with names though. <laughs> Anyways, Great. y'all know who I'm talking Good about. Good stuff.
0: Good stuff, Chris. So
1: four, to f- four to ten people know what I'm talking about.
0: Okay, while well, you pull up the Sakaris and Price clip, I'm going to give my prospects report, and then we'll oh, close wait. out with some Dan Hamu's talk. I'm, I, I'm giving a prospects report. That's right. I'm the prospects guy you now, folks. Oh,
1: man. I was I watched the whole game today. I watched all of 4 game today.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, I'm going over this right now. I'm just pulling up some stats because I gave a tweet about... Lucas Forsell today. Yeah, that's a joke. I tweeted you out. You got I likes on out. that tweet. I got more likes than you. I think you I got tweet- about 100 more likes. And you didn't even tweet out the video. I didn't need the video. What the hell? Yep. So
1: people don't like gifts anymore. They got the smallest attention span in the world now.
0: Yep, exactly. You put some shiny emojis and people are hooked. So that's what I've been doing. And I must say, for those that don't understand what's going on right now, when Chris was away from Twitter... He was sent he was copy and paste he was sending me texts like full on tweets like formatted and everything. And he was just saying, copy and paste this, and they were prospect updates. First it was the Jack Rathbone game, which I was not watching. I was watching Netflix tweeting updates about it, because you were texting them to me. And then it was Lucas Forcell. <laughs> so that's when people caught on that okay, Faber is tweeting through quads right now, and that's exactly what was happening. I kind of liked it. I got more followers, I got a lot of engagement. So I decided that whenever you tweet a prospect update, I'm just going to tweet it louder. I'm going to copy and paste it and then capitalize some words, add a few more emojis, and it worked today. Got this more likes than you. Got more likes. Got a lot of followers. It was great. Forsell
1: looked really good today.
0: Yes, he did. He, uh, he's on a three-game goal streak in the SHL. And remember, folks, if this guy, and this is actually not even me doing a bit. This is actually me talking about this player. Okay. Because believe it or not, I do know a a little bit about the Canucks prospects. Like, this is a guy that was taken in the seventh round. But if he was born like a month or two later, third round pick. Ten days. Ten days later. Ten days later. Third round pick because he would have been eligible for this year's draft, not last year. So that was a good pick by the Canucks at the time it was made, and it's proving dividends right now. He's now playing on the second power play unit. And looked
1: excellent. I thought he had a second goal today because he was uh, at the high screen on a shot where it looked like it, it looked like it could have caught a, his stick. But it just basically was him screening the goaltender, making a great job to, to tie the game three, three. That second power play unit scored two goals today with four on it. And it's not like I don't know. It's it's weird because like I've been obviously I've been watching prospects for a while now. And for a long time, you don't like even watching Niels Huglander in his second year in the SHL he didn't get, like, power play time. He was just, Hmm. like, a fourth-line guy who, like, wasn't getting a lot of minutes, and this would have been... He would have been a year older than Forsell is right now, but Forsell's getting the chance now as, like, a a real raw 18-year-old, like, recently turned 18-year-old at the end of last year, and he's getting an opportunity to, like, play in the top six at times. Right now, he's kind of rocking on the third line for the last couple games, but he scored in three straight games. He got four points in his last three and he's getting that power play time like you didn't see that in in the draft plus one year for guys like Niels Huglander or Vasilipod Colson And like, listen, I'm not saying that Forsell is going to be at that level, but you you have to imagine that the stock is rising with this guy. Like it, it really is. Like I like there was the stock is rising harder on him than it is on McDonough right now. And yeah. McDonough is obviously way closer to the NHL because Forsell's got that two year extension in the SHL. So he literally will not be coming over for at least two more years, but you know, to set himself up and even like have this little three game stretch, I don't want to say that's like enough to secure him a job, but like he's doing it at 18. So he is going to get a full-time job next year. And then he's probably playing on like, you know, the first line two years from now in the SHL, if he continues to grow. So, so like really exciting stuff, really exciting stuff.
0: Yeah. And just close out my prospects report. Linus Carlson as well, prospect we haven't heard a lot about, but nineteenth goal of the year today. He's having a great season, making the jump from the Elsvenskan, which is the uh like there you go. the other pro league in. It's like one below the SHL. Yeah. the Elsvenskan made the jump from there to the SHL again. Do you know
1: the, you know the third league in Sweden? No, I you don't. You do. You've heard the word before. If I say it, you know. Oh,
0: okay. Say it hockey
1: etan oh i knew yeah, that i knew you knew, oh, knew. That bothers that's the me. third league
0: yeah i and as the prospect guy i should know that okay <laughs> anyways carlson 19th goal of the year what do they have in this prospect and in, in all seriousness this is your prospect report so what do they actually have in this player yeah
1: man i tell you the more you see of like carlson goals you're like wow he's got that that it just it feels like that uh when you see a player that like has that snap that looks like an NHL shot. He's got that snap behind a stick. like he, he, He's he got a quick release, and the quick release gets a shot that looks like it's an NHL-quality shot. There are times in the SHL where the goaltenders are obviously much worse than NHLers, and I just think that Carlson's going to have to re Like He's proving himself in a great way this year in the SHL. He is looking like the type of player who should have been in the SHL last year and getting an opportunity, but because of his club now getting promoted up like there's a reason why he was so good in Dallas It's probably cuz he could have played in the SHL last year, but this year he's proven that he could do it. The funny thing is like he's likely to come over to the AHL next year. Uh, I got to check on his contract before I say this, but like if his contract is up at the end of this year, which it very possibly is, like they don't sign 5-6 year deals in the yeah, SHL, exactly. especially a guy like him who wants to come over here. I I'm assuming, let me double check on this and get back to it about Carlson's contract, but if he's coming to the AHL at the end of this shl season yeah. or next year he's got to, he's gonna have to prove himself all over again that he can do it in the ahl because i think the ahl is a better league than the shl i Absolutely. like i like watching the shl more it's better hockey in the shl yeah, exactly to i was watch. gonna say
0: it's a different league right
1: right but like this just the overall level of skill that you'll see in the ahl i think will be better so yeah he's gonna to have to prove himself all over again and then when he does that in the ahl it's like you know what that's the last spot where he like needs to prove himself really. Cause he'll get an opportunity. If he proves that he can do it in the AHL, he will get an opportunity in the NHL.
0: Absolutely. Let me get one more in here. Okay.
1: Okay. Lucas Yashik, right? He leaves the team. Not he a goes prospect anymore. Yes, he is. He leaves the team. He goes to Liga for a year. He only signed a one year deal. Okay. So I don't know what the story is behind him getting back there, but Rutherford's talked about like European free agents and look for NCAA free agents. The Canucks have two that I really think... Like, they already are under their their umbrella of prospects. Team control. They don't even... Like, these are two of the... This is one of the top players in Liga, if you want to go that way. He's third in scoring right now. Lukas Yashik should 100% come back and play in the AHL next year. As long as there's not, like, a a bridge that was really burned between the AHL team or or basically the whole Canucks organization. And maybe it was strange that Yashik didn't get an opportunity... To come up and play in the NHL, like remember how much I was screaming for Yashik to come play at the end of that season, where it really didn't matter who was playing. We were playing meaningless games against the Calgary Flames when the playoffs were going on. Why isn't Lucas Yashik in the lineup for that game? Because Travis Green's trying to coach for a job, sure. But and and you know what? Maybe that's what pissed him off about the organization. Yep. There, that's the only reason why I would, like. Why would he leave? He had, he was having a great year, playing first line in the AHL as a center, like learning a new position. Looked great. Trent Cole seemed to really like him. He used him on the power play. Used him on the penalty kill. Like it's a strange situation that sent him back to the league. I don't know if it was personal. Family. Like it doesn't make sense. But to me, like that is an example of a of a European free agent that Jim Rutherford has talked about that they want to explore. It's it's a slam dunk. They have two guys. Like I said, that they already have the rights to sign. It should be Yashik. It should be Aid McDonough. You get a college guy. You get a European guy. They should 100% sign both of those players. I hope that Lucas, Lucas Yashik is at least is playing like first-line center in the AHL next year. He's a big boost to an AHL team, and I do think that there's a chance he could even get back to the NHL. I, I, it's, it's such a strange story with Yashik, but you probably know more about him
0: anyways. Of course. And to close out my prospects report, you know who's leading the Liga in scoring right now? I do know, but you can say it. Petrus Palmu. There you go. The little engine that could. I got a little bowling ball. A little bowling
1: ball. Still a, a good follow on Instagram. Catches a lot of fish. He's captain of his team too, Petrus Palmu. I, is lo- he? I man, I was a big fan of him when he was just a lot of fun. Anyways, glad, I'm happy that he's doing well, and and you know, being like a captain of a league of team,
0: good for him. He's having a good European career. And speaking of European free agents, Patrick Alvino is reportedly a big fan a free agent, Andre Kuzmenko. Have you watched this player? Because the Canucks are among many teams who have reached out to his agent, according to Rick Dollywall. 26-year-old Kuzmenko, 53 points in 45 games with St. Petersburg. Have I watched this guy? He played for St. Petersburg. I obviously watched him play for Ska.
1: Played. He had a couple of games playing with, on a line with Pod Colson. Like, remember when I would send out a tweet and it would be like, pod Coles in first line and everyone would go nuts. And it was like, why is he like, it was so weird. Cause he'd be like healthy scratch playing the fourth line. And then it randomly, like once every two months, pod Coles would be a first line guy for Scott. He played with Kuzmenko in a lot of those situations. Like Kuzmenko was the number one power play guy, the number one guy at five on five. A lot of the time, always in the top six. And he's improved all seven years that he's played in the KHL. He's 26 now undrafted at the time, but He's gotten better and better and like man this is a guy who skates really hard. Always had like has a really high motor and he needs to be because he's 5 foot 11, he's not big, but he plays a winger, mostly left wing, uh but he skates super hard. He forechecks really hard. Like you really liked if you were just watching these sca games and you weren't just watching Pod Colson, like you would you would say okay, this is another guy that would make a lot of sense as I was saying that like years like 2 years ago. And now he's got the points to back it up where he is likely going to come over to the NHL this year. On top of that, his agent is Dan Milstein, who is, you know, Russian super agent, also the agent of Danila Klimovich. So a little bit of a connection there. But I think it's like I think it's something like uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have like four clients of Dan Milstein. So like it's not like the the one Klimovich connection to Vancouver is even like that big of a deal because like the Leafs have four four of their players on their roster are are Dan Milstein clients. He's got a lot uh, of connections around the, around the league. And he's probably, this is a spot where Milstein's going to be, you know, he doesn't get talked about as like a super agent, but for Russians, like he is, he is like a, he's the perfect agent to like move you from the KHL to the NHL. He's going to get Kuzmenko the best spot to play. And it might end up being Vancouver. If it's like, if Kuzmenko's down to play in a bottom six role, especially on a team where it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like next year, but if you're putting out three centers of like Miller pod Colson and Horv or Miller Pedersen and Horvat, maybe Kuzmenko is interested in that third line wing spot because he gets to play with like a JT Miller. And I don't think, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with trades, but I could see it happening. Like it, it there's a spot where Vancouver is a really good landing spot for him to get minutes and be a guy who can maybe contribute on a second power play in it where it's not like anybody on the Canucks, second power play in right now is sticking. So Kuzmenko would probably get a shot. I, I like him and adding a guy who knows pod Colson is a great situation to be in as well. There's not a lot of other guys from Ska that, uh, that are making waves in the NHL just yet. This is a spot where he knows a guy, right? I think it would be really important for that. So uh, there, there's probably gonna be a lot of rumors moving forward here and the KHLC uh, playoffs, like just around the corner. So, this yeah, is a and, guy who's going to join like this year. Like when the KHL yeah. season's
0: over, he's coming over and team interviews actually can't start until the KHL playoffs are over. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Let's yeah. not play the ham use thing right now. I want, I think it deserves a little more discussion. We're running out of time here. So let's talk about the ham use thing on Saturday's episode. We'll play that clip. Uh, anything else before we close out? You're the prospects guy. What you all see? You got,
1: that's all I got on prospects. Big weekend, uh, for Abbotsford. I'll talk more about that on Friday, but, uh, Or on Saturday's Saturday's episode. episode, But they got a big weekend this weekend um, playing against the Pacific leading Stockton Heat.
0: There you go. I knew that. I knew that as the prospect guy. I knew that. For my co-host Chris Faber, my name is David, the prospect guy, Quadrelli. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?